Thanks for joining us today. At City Life, we have one purpose, making it easy for people to say yes to Jesus. We believe today's message will empower you to do exactly that. But remember that church is so much more than a sermon you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life. Well, um, we are continuing on this three-part series, The Tale of Two Trees. Which way do you swing? Yeah, that, that's my husband's humor that he put in that tagline for the series. So funny. Uh, but we are talking about humanity's origin stories because it is important to know where we came from. And as you know, with any um, superhero, their origin story is so key to who they are and who they are becoming. And so this is our origin story. And it's based on the strength group curriculum. And it's such a powerful course to go through. Uh, I know there's several groups going through it right now, but there will be more starting in the spring groups when they launch in a couple of weeks. Um, but last week, we JD talked about the approach that all of us have. You know, we all have a choice in how we approach God. And so just to recap, we're going to just go over some of the things that he did so that we can be on the same page. Uh, so God created humanity. He created humanity, and the first role that he gave us was to rule and reign with him as co-workers under God's rule, but uh, in partnership with him to take care of our earth and to work together to share in the joy of creating and cultivating the creative potential that God had placed in creation. And so he opened up, uh, opened up the order and the beauty of all the various aspects of creation and then said, you have that or you develop it and gave us that responsibility. And then in Genesis 2 verse 9, it says that God created trees, and in the center of the Garden of Delights stood the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And these two trees really are, uh, represent that choice we have in, rep in approaching God. And it's not just the choice that the first humans had, it's a choice that all of us have. And so the eternal God placed these newly, the newly made man in the Garden of Eden in order to work the ground and care for it. And he made certain demands of the man regarding life in the garden. I love this. These are the demands that he placed on him. Eat freely from any and all of the trees in the garden. You know, it started with an with a instruction to eat freely. The eating is wonderful. I love to eat. Do you love to eat? <laughs> uh, and he said, I only require that you abstain from eating the fruit of one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Beware, the day you eat the fruit of this tree, you will certainly die. You know, these two trees are two approaches to God that we all have. To approach God out of the, the freedom that he has for us, his ways that lead and his wisdom that lead to life. Or to approach him from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. To do what's right in our own eyes. You know, it's that desire to call the shots myself. It's our own perspective of good and bad. And so they made the wrong choice. They chose their own way. You know, so many times we think back, oh, if they had only made a good choice, we'd be so much better off. But the truth is that we all still have the choice. And this choice was presented through many of the stories in the Bible. It's where they get the opportunity to choose, but they would choose their own way. And so we have the choice to approach God from the place of life or the place of death. And so today I want to focus on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or the killing tree. 
Because my hope is that we can help identify what it looks like to live from the tree of the knowledge of good and bad so that we can avoid it, so that we can choose life, so that you can see how sometimes we swing back into living out of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil unknowingly, and it seeps into our relationships, and it seeps into how we view God. And so we want to continually um, approach our relationship with God through that tree of life, and that's through a life giving relationship with Jesus. It's obedience fueled by our love for him, not just out of obligation or because the rules are there, but that we obey because we love him. It's a, it's a life of freedom and a life of grace, following his ways that lead to his wisdom. But the killing tree is also known as, or can also be called the DIY tree. Do it yourself. See it your own way. Go your own way. And so this DIY tree, okay, how many of you love a failed DIY project? Like, do you ever see those, like, like catalogs of pictures on the, online? What are they called? Like, um, memes? Well, yeah, like a, cat, like a whole bunch of them together, though. Whereas, anyway, they're really funny, and I laugh a lot. I really love failed DIY projects. I mean, you might be an expert DIYer. Maybe you are really crafty and you can pull them off, but I can't. I tried to find pictures of cakes that I have made. I don't take pictures of them, apparently. <laughs> but anyway, so we do it ourselves in so many different ways, areas of life. Um, but the failed ones make me laugh. So I had some ones to show you today because it's okay to laugh in church. It's good. Okay, so this first one. Yeah, just a little bit of poor planning there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't need an architect? Why would you need an architect to tell you where you can put a door? Anyway, okay, next one. <laughs> we really wanted a bathroom. You can make the toilet fit. You just have to carve a hole out of the wall. It's not much for privacy, though. Can you imagine just having a hole in the door when the door closes? Yeah, okay, the next one. Maybe you just got a really good deal on a sink and had to make it work. I don't know. It was... Okay, go ahead, next one. Okay, have you ever failed at an IKEA instruction manual? <laughs> you know, you would think the chair legs, we've sat on enough chairs in our life, we would know where they went, but yeah, it's creative. Okay, and the next one. Yeah, it's an expensive bacon cooker. <laughs> yes, it's a creative though, like, you know, creative usage. Okay, next one. Okay. <laughs> because normal shower heads are just too expensive, maybe, you know? Okay, so whether the DIY project went south because of poor planning or an inability to follow complex IKEA instructions or just using something outside of its intended purpose, the hazards of building with maybe the wrong equipment, or maybe it's just a lack of skill and taking some shortcuts. We see the effects of some disastrous DIYs. So what does it look like for us to live out of that DIY tree? You know, the fails that we would experience is not just about making a mistake with a tool or building a piece of furniture. These are our lives. And so we want to be aware of where we try and do it ourselves so that we can, so that we can choose life. Because it's so much more at stake than that. I love it how this theologian put it. He said, it's like deliberately jumping out of the boat to try and swim across the ocean. 
you know, there are two ways of going across the ocean. One leads to death and one actually gets you to the other side. You know, there's two trees. There's the DIY tree or the life tree. They represent two laws or two systems. The law of works or the law of faith. The one represents what you have to do in order to become, and the other tree reveals who you are by design and what Christ has done already for us. You know, there is a boat. (laughs) That's the way to get across the ocean. Otherwise, when we're set on doing things our own way, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, but it leads to frustration and ultimately our destruction. God shows us the clear right way and provides for us the boat to cross. He says, eat freely from any and all trees of the garden. This is God's provision for us of his life. And then he says, beware, the day you eat the fruit of this tree, you will certainly die. And we know from the story, it's not like they ate the fruit and they dropped dead. Because this was not a punishment from God. This wasn't, the death wasn't the, the consequence for choosing the fruit. The death was the result of eating the fruit that God wanted to warn them about. His warning was for their good. I spent, like, you know, when we think we know better, we do what we think is right. We do what's right in our own eyes. We jump out of the boat. It leads to our destruction. You know, these first humans, they didn't trust God's provision for them. He didn't trust their instructions. You know, often the desire to know goes in, is directly opposite to the desire to trust. You know, when we choose that DIY tree to gain knowledge, doing it our own way, trying to take control of our lives and make things happen, rather than just trusting God, trusting that he's going to take care of us, it leads to destruction. And we, didn't, we know it doesn't take long for the humans to start to experience that death, whether it's just like the very next story, their children end up killing each other. There's comparison and jealousy. There's abuse. Death and disease and destruction contaminated the created world that God had made good. And so we see how that death seeps into everything, even the created world. You know, I believe God didn't create tsunamis to kill humanity or tornadoes or earthquakes or any of the things that our world does to create death and destruction. But that is the result of the death that entered the creation. The killing tree killed more than just humanity. The killing tree killed the shalom of creation, as J.D. talked about last week. It's a Hebrew word for peace, but it, it means so much more than just peace. It means wholeness, completeness, and the way things are created to be. You know, that it, the killing tree destroyed the shalom of creation. And then there was also a spiritual death. It's through their disobedience that death entered the human race. And so we actually are born spiritually dead, born apart from God. And then it's actually by our choice in choosing Jesus that we are brought back to, that our spirits are brought back to life. In Proverbs 14, 12, it says, before every person. So this is just not the, the first humans that had this choice. It's before every person lies a road that seems to be right. But the end of that road is death and destruction. You know, when we do what seems right in our own eyes, it leads to death and destruction. And God wants us to beware of those things because he wants our good for us. So what does it look like for us to live out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? It leads to death, but it also leads to a loss of identity. 
You know, the enemy tried to tempt Eve with her desire to become like God. And in Genesis 3, it says God's plan, the enemy said this to her. He said, God's playing games with you. The truth is that God knows that, that the day you eat from the fruit of this tree, you will awaken something powerful in you and become like him, possessing the knowledge of both good and evil. You know, he tempted her with this truth, which... Truth, I heard a definition just in this last service, was that truth is actually uh, just a lie told. Uh, sorry, yeah, I can't. I, he told me to be earlier this service. But a lie is the truth told, but it's meant to bring you to a different destination. And so this, he said that he was telling the truth, but it was really a lie in disguise. And really, the she believed the lie because she wanted to become like God, but she forgot she was already like God. She was created in his image. And just chapters before, God said that she was good, said that what he had made was perfect. And, and the enemy sowed the lie that something was missing, that she wasn't enough like God. You know, she, or the first humans, they had a relationship with God, the God who made them. They knew their purpose. They had a strength in that connection with God. They had that partnership in creating, and they were connected to the source of life. But it was through that choice to say, to believe the lie that they were not good enough that then led them to make the choice that truthfully show, showed them how, what was really going on. It says in Genesis 3, 6, that the woman approached the tree, eyed its fruit, coveted its mouth-watering, wisdom-granting beauty. She plucked the fruit from the tree and ate. And she offered the fruit to her husband, who was close by, and he ate as well. And suddenly their eyes were opened to a reality previously unknown, and for the first time, they sensed their vulnerability. They saw their weaknesses. Knowing good and evil, they knew where they were falling short. They sensed where they were vulnerable. And the DIY tr tree leads us to lose the identity that God has given us and trade it for a lie, trade it for the vulnerability and the nakedness and the shame that we experience when we try and do it our own way. And so rather than embracing the God-given identity that she had been given, she we now strive to define ourselves. We try to prove our worth. We try to prove our worth not only to the people around us, but to ourselves. We wonder about our purpose. We hyper-focus on our strengths and our weaknesses. We get, like, locked in. You know, we know our weaknesses, right? We notice them in the mirror every day. We see them in our relationships but we misjudge our strengths. We, we stumble along in life. And this is not how God intended it to be for us. You know, just like that hair straightener. You know, we're no longer being used for our initial purpose. We're missing out on the created design that God has created us for. We forfeit our purpose and it distracts us from our mission. And I wouldn't want to straighten my hair with that anymore. It's like a new definition for greasy hair. Sorry. Get it? Oh, funny. Okay. But really, it leads to frustration. You know, if you think that's what it's for, you're going to be frustrated. You can only cook a piece at a time. That's not enough. 
You know, when we don't recognize the purpose that God has created us for, it leads to our frustration. It leads to disappointment. We feel unworthy. We feel jealous and we we compete with others. We feel inferior. And instead of using our strengths and our gifts to bless others and to honor God, we use them to, to promote ourselves. We get our worth from what we do and we find our value in the things we have. And the work that was meant, that was actually designed by God to bring joy and fulfillment to our life now becomes a burden and we don't look forward to Monday morning. But we have a message coming up made for Mondays. It's going to be awesome. You know, work was meant to be a blessing. It was meant to bring fulfillment and joy to our lives. But when we choose what is right in our own eyes, we lose our identity. So what does it look like for us to live out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Again, the reason I'm focusing on this is because I want you to choose life. I want you to recognize where we, follow, where we allow ourselves to go back into that old choice. It leads to death, it leads to a loss of identity, and it leads to separation and shame. Genesis 3, 7 to 8, it says that they sensed their vulnerability and they rushed to hide their naked bodies, stitched fig leaves together in crude loincloths. Then they heard the sound of the eternal God walking in the cool misting shadows of the garden, and the man and his wife took cover among the trees, and they hid from the eternal God. You know, before this happened, they walked with God often. They had a relationship with God that brought life to them. They enjoyed time with God frequently, and there was no barriers between them. But this choice exposed their vulnerability, and it led them to hide before God. You know, hiding, whether it's isolation or withdrawing in relationships or separation, all of these are symptoms of the DIY tree of doing it our own way, because the knowledge of good and evil, the facts, the information, does not have the power to change our heart. And so why does knowledge cause separation? Well, the knowledge of good, when we see the good in us, it, get, it leads to pride and arrogance and thinking we're better than others. It leads to um, thinking that we're good on our own, in our own terms. It's focused on the rules but it is void of a relationship. You know, we can be focused on the good when we fail to live up to the good enough standard that we've set for ourselves and our own efforts and our striving, it's just not enough. And we, it leads to disappointment and exhaustion and striving. But when we know we don't measure up, it sends us into hiding. We pull back because we don't want people to see that we're not as good as we thought we were. Or we see the good in others so much good in those around us, and we compare. I don't add up. I'm not as good as them. And that comparison drives a wedge in our relationships. We feel like we don't fit in. The knowledge of the bad, you know, focuses on what we did wrong. Sends us into hiding because we don't want others to find out. We don't want them to see what we truly are, so we withdraw and we cover up what's wrong with us. Or we notice the failings of others. Right? We notice what's wrong with our family and our friends and our coworkers, and we look down on them, or we put people in categories. We want to stay away from those bad people, or we try and, and uh, or we just notice where they're falling short, and so we focus on that, and we blame them for our problems, or we feel like a victim because we don't have a choice, and it's just their negative qualities that are hurting us. 
You know, this kind of knowledge just separates. You know, we've probably all experienced it. When you heard somebody said something behind your back, now you don't really want to be friends with them. You don't want to trust them with your, you know, with your heart anymore. Or you know about a, uh, a coworker and some underhanded things that they did, and then they get their promotion. You know, it's going to be hard for you to look up to them or follow their leadership. You know, it drives separation in our relationships. Or we see the weakness in us and we push people away. And we try and hide ourselves. We wear the masks and we, we push people away. So knowledge does not have the power to transform a heart. Just when we know the good and the evil doesn't give us the power to actually deal with that inside of us. Our own knowledge of right and wrong, wanting to define good and evil for ourselves, categorizing people as good and bad, it just leads to separation and shame. It can provide the facts, but it is powerless to give life. Knowledge just exposes and it causes us to hide. And this is what it's like without Jesus. We see this pattern over and over and over again throughout the Bible. Not just the mistake that Adam and Eve made, but this is the human condition. This is the choice we all have to define things on our own or to take from the tree of life. And obviously God is wanting us to choose life, to live out of his life, to live with the tree of life. So it's time for us to put aside our DIY lives because we can't do it on our own. Because as hard as we try, as much as we want it, living this way just carves a weird hole in the door to fit over the toilet. We can make it work, but it's not the way it was supposed to. Let's trust him with our lives. Let's trust him with, his, with the identity that he's given us. He's created us in his image. And you know, when we're connected to the life of Jesus and not just DIYing it through life, we are able to be his representatives in our workplaces, in our families, at our schools, Monday to Saturday. We don't have to dread Mondays anymore because we have a mission and a purpose for every single day. You know, when we are filled with his life, we are confident in our identity. We're reconciled to God, and there's no need to hide. We can step into the calling that God has for us. You know, we need to remember it was humanity that hid from God. God wasn't sitting behind the tree waiting to punish them when they made the wrong choice. He wasn't waiting to judge them. He searched for them. He came walking through the garden asking, where are you? Looking for them, waiting for them. You know, have you ever considered that when God was asking, where are you? Maybe he was giving them a chance to own up to what they had done and to come to him instead of running away from him. You know, this is the invitation that we all have. You know, God doesn't come waiting to punish us, but when we fall short, we can run to him because we know that his heart is for us. God is not watching and waiting in anticipation for us to screw up. He is love and he is faithful to forgive. He is faithful to forgive. And it says in the, uh, in the scriptures that his mercies are new every day. He doesn't get tired of extending forgiveness to us. And so when we see his heart for us, we run to him instead of running away from him. 
And we know this because we know that God sent his son, Jesus. He didn't just go looking in the garden once, but he came looking for us again. He came watching and waiting. And while we were still sinners, he came to rescue and restore us. While we were in still our broken state of doing our own thing, he extended the choice to come to him and receive his life. You know, we don't have a tree of life that we can go eat from anymore, but he invites us to come to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and if you come to me, I will give you that life. You know, he is the tree of life, but he comes looking for us. And so how do we respond? How do we take from the tree of life? How do we choose life? It comes down to just accepting the gift that of the life of Jesus. You know, this is an eternal gift made available to us. But in order to receive it, we ha- have to refuse to live by our own wisdom. We have to refuse to do it our own way. We have to refuse to define good and bad on our own terms. And we come to him. You know, Jesus took a dead tree, the cross, and he gave his life on it so that he could give us new life. And actually, through that dead tree, he became the tree of life for all mankind. And again, we are connected to that life, not by the good that we do or the good that we try to do, but it's through faith that and trust that Jesus did what was necessary and we come to him. We come to him. And you know, the thing is that I find interesting is that the tree of life was not given as a reward saying, oh, Adam and Eve, if you do the good things, then you can eat of the tree of life. No, it was a gift given right from the start. You know, we don't have to wait till we're good enough to receive Christ and what he's done for us. It is a gift. It is an invitation. Eat freely from all the trees in the garden. Jesus wants us to come to him, to know the freedom that comes in following him. It's not about the rules. It is about having a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know, that's what we do is we take time every week to talk about this amazing gift that God has given because maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know that there was a God who sacrificed his own life to make life possible for every one of us. I want to invite you to stand. We're going to pray. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much for your kindness and your mercy and your goodness and your forgiveness. And every time we run to you that we can know, God, that you forgive and that you love. God, thank you for giving us this choice. Help us to choose life. Help us to choose life this week. Help us not to live out of awareness of the rules and how we fall short or the awareness of the rules that others are breaking and how we try to enforce that on our family members or our friends. But let us just encounter your life that changes us from the inside out. You know, every week we do take this opportunity to pray together as a family, to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to his life, to reject our own wisdom and to come to him again. And so in just a moment, we're going to pray together and I want to invite you to pray along with me because this is how we get in the we get in the boat that has been provided. We don't try and swim across the ocean on our own. You know, he has provided a way, and the way is Jesus.
So would you pray with me? Say, Jesus, thank you for your life, for this gift of life that you give, that you invite us to receive. Help us to reject our own ways and to live in your life. Lord, thank you that you are making us new. You're making us in your image to be a light to the world around us, to carry your life. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor as a church to play just a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to seeing you soon here at City Life.